And so they say, oh, well, that female, she just has imposter syndrome. That's why she doesn't feel comfortable in her new role or comfortable doing her thing, you know? And so that's why I, I bristle a little bit at the imposter syndrome, because it can be used in a negative way. I'm Janet Ioli, and you're listening to Power Presence Academy, Practical Wisdom for Leaders. If you're looking for leadership mentoring, advice, or just a dose of inspiration, I've got you covered. Join me as I share leadership tips and lessons of experience from experts and from executives at the top of their game. This is your go-to place for all things leadership. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Let's go. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you, Janet. It's great to be here. So Shannon is the Vice President and Deputy Chief Marketing Officer at Viasat, which is a global telecommunications company. Now, prior to that role, she served as an intelligence officer in the U.S. Navy, and she's worked for two large federal government contractors, both Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman. So Shannon, I always start out with the same question, right? Because I think everyone has a different leadership journey and a different leadership story. So I'd like to ask you if you could share your leadership journey with us and just kind of, we hear the title, we hear all of these things, but how did you get to where you are today? I always say life never makes sense until you look at it backwards. (laughs) Because 20 years ago, I never would have said, oh, I'm, I want to be the vice president, deputy chief marketing officer at a global telecommunications company. I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> a mouthful, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. what is that even, right? Yeah. How do, you, how do you get there? My leadership journey has just been a constant journey of continuing to just focus on moving forward. No matter what, continuing to grow, continuing to learn new things, continuing to expand my network, who I know, what I know. And just taking advantage of kind of what comes up and always using any obstacles that are thrown in my way as opportunities to do better or different things. I started my professional career journey in the Army. Actually, I'm one of those few people that's been in two services. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I was enlisted in the Army. I was a Russian linguist. Wow. And then I was a a military intelligence officer in the Navy. I was in, in the officer rank at that point. And I would say, you know, when I was younger, I'd never thought of myself as a leader. I never really thought, oh, I'm going to aspire to be this leader of people. And But as time has gone on, I've seen just so much opportunity for women leaders and such really a gap in the, the women leadership that's out there. You know, we we just don't see very many people who look like us in leadership positions. You've been in quite male-dominated fields as well, oh, company always. fields, right? So, I mean, the always. Navy, the government contracting, right? I mean, so yeah. knowing that you've been in so many male-dominated environments, what do you think, and if there was, right, was your biggest challenge as a female executive? Having originated from military service, I think I approach things maybe a little bit differently than the other women in certain roles would, but the expectations for a 
male or a female in the military are the same. And so I have always not considered myself any different. In fact, I bristle at any, you know, kind of illusion that I would be different or differently capable or less capable or, or more capable in certain areas. People like to do that as well. So I think for me, the challenge has always been just to believe in myself. It hasn't been anything that anybody else has put on me. It's just, okay. And I talked to a male colleague the other day. I was like, because he said, oh, I'm nervous about this new role. And I said, well, why are you nervous? Said, you're an amazing person. Look at it. Look at what you've done. My gosh, if you read your resume, you, they should write a movie about you. You're just amazing. <laughs> and so I think everybody forgets what an amazing person they are. So sometimes it helps to kind of reevaluate, relook at and own who you are. I'm a big believer in like writing your own bio and doing all of these different things so that you can remind yourself, wow, look at all I've accomplished. Look at who I am and just owning and sitting in that. I like to tell everyone who works for me, own your power, sit in your own power and recognize what you bring to the table. I love that because, you know, there's, there's so much truth in what you're saying. Sometimes we attribute things to gender challenges when in fact they're human challenges, right? So that we're all dealing with them and, you know, we're actually projecting something out. And I like that you mentioned this whole thing about power and self-doubt, because obviously, you know, that's like right up my alley in terms of, you know, some of the work I do with women, but I want to ask you about that. So a lot of the women that I talk to, and even on this program, talk about, wow, you know, they've experienced lots of bouts of self-doubt and even the imposter syndrome type things over the years. Have you had any of that, right? So, uh, so I was going to say, have you had any bouts of self-doubt? And, you know, as I asked that question, it's like, of course, everyone has. But, you know, do you have any anything that you want to share about that? I do actually. And I I love that you brought up imposter syndrome because that's kind of one of something that I hit on a little bit because everybody experiences self-doubt and people are going to experience it differently. And and that could be based on, you know, how you were brought up, your sex, your race, your creed, your whatever. Like, I think everybody is going to experience self-doubt in a slightly different way. I have experienced self-doubt, of course, like everybody has, you know, and that's when it comes to like, okay, replay the movie of my life and remind myself who I am. But I'm not a fan of the terminology imposter syndrome because people use it almost explicitly surrounding females. Mm. They never say, oh, that male has imposter syndrome. Oh, they must just have imposter syndrome. It is used often to, I believe personally, this is only my personal belief, that it is used to discount an experience that females may be having in a work environment that is not an inclusive environment. And so they say, oh, well, that female, she just has imposter syndrome. That's why she doesn't feel comfortable in her new role or comfortable doing her thing, you know? And so that's why I, I bristle a little bit at the imposter syndrome because it can be used in a negative way. Oh, absolutely. You know? And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because I think we like to use these terms and then we project them and they become stereotypes. And, you know, and the reason I bring that up, the imposter phenomenon, and it's actually a phenomenon. It's not even a syndrome. 
right? We, yeah. we use the word syndrome. We've since added that on. The original research that was done on that was done in 1979, so quite a while back, and it was on 150 women. So I think that's why the women thing kind of got attributed. But since then, there's been, you know, reams of research on it. And, you know, this whole imposter phenomenon, it's, I think the statistics are like 70% of people, men and women, experience this feeling of, you know, feeling like a fraud or not being able to internalize their success. And so then we say, okay, you know, that's attributed to women. What I find, Shannon, in my work is that you're absolutely right. And that's why I'm so glad you brought that up is that women tend to feel more like a fraud because of often their male dominated workplaces or the environment is creating that, that then, you know, there's so many other dynamics there. So I love that you brought that up in terms of, is it really, is it me? Or is it the environment that is triggering that? And that's that's such a good point. Yeah. And I think maybe it's even the use of the word syndrome. Like you said, I think it it bothers me less <laughs> if we use phenomenon, but it, syndrome almost seems like, well, if yeah, you, there's something wrong told, with you, right? You have this mental right. deficiency, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, it's interesting. In the original research, they didn't call it a syndrome. It was phenomenon. And then, you know, yes. you, we'd love to label things, right? Yes. We love to label things. So we do. We love to. Yeah. So, and I, which I try to move away from that because I think that's what limits us. I, I love it. Okay. So, in your world of experiencing self doubt, what do you do to overcome that? Well, I think, like I said, you know, it is kind of trying to take a step back and remembering who I am, but then also remembering is just having that second to be brave and being brave doesn't mean that you don't have fear. Being brave, you acknowledge that you have the fear, but you act anyways. And I think that is something, you know, that Teddy Roosevelt wrote a book in Love Him or Not, you know, I know there's lots of issues around him right now, but, but he wrote a, he wrote a great book and it it talked about that courage, that bravery. And there's been a lot of talk about bravery lately as well. And uh, with Brene Brown, Brown. and so, but that it is that it is not that you don't have fear. Everybody has fear. Trust me in the military, when you're involved in something, you have fear, but it is the ability to act despite the fear. And so that's, you just have to say, okay, this is important and kind of trust yourself enough. So just focus. I have to focus on trusting myself, I guess is. So let me ask you this. What's the best piece of career advice you've ever gotten? I don't know that I've ever gotten much career advice. (laughs) Um, We're all just winging it, right? We're all just, everybody I know is winging it. You know, I don't know anybody who's like, I've got it all together and and I know what I'm doing. And so. Interesting. Everybody I talk to says that, right? And I think it's interesting to watch how people from the outside, when they look up at a title and they look up at a role, because, you know, we're the role and we're the person. But when they look at the role and the title, they assume and they think that that person is, you know, has it all figured out, knows exactly what they're doing. And as someone who's an executive coach who talks to people all the time in these roles, 
that could not be further from the truth, right? I mean, oh, you know, we're all a work in progress. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I read this morning. There's no such thing as coincidence. I was reading this morning a news email newsletter that came out. And in a conference this week, there was a, a gentleman who is like the head of one of the biggest defense agencies. And he was getting ready to present at a conference. And he said, you know, here I am, commander of this huge, one of the most important agencies in the world. And I'm standing up here just hoping the clicker is going to work. <laughs> Everybody has the same doubt, self-doubts, moments of fear. He went ahead and did it anyways. You know, he like, okay, I'm going to be brave. <laughs> I'm afraid the clicker might not work, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Right. And so, so what I get from what you're saying, and which is, you know, I, I'm reading between the lines is not taking yourself so seriously. That is a big part of it. Yep. Yes. We're all, you know, and I think it's remembering the humanity in everybody and not assigning, you know, status to people that is just, is not reasonable, not not actual. Nobody thinks of themselves that way. Or if they do, they have a, they might have a syndrome we need to look at. (laughs) (laughs) That's when the syndrome comes in, right? That's a whole other thing. Okay. So, so you didn't have, you know, any really wise career advice that anybody's given you, but what advice would you give to women? One of the biggest things I always just say is, you know, trust yourself, own your power and lead to the limits of your authority. And that means don't always be looking for somebody else to tell you it's okay. You know, if you're always looking for somebody else to tell you you're, you're okay, you're limiting yourself. They've put you in this position because they trust you. They think that you know what you're doing. So, you know, own it, embrace it. Okay, now I'm in the role now. How can I be of the best service to the folks who put me in the role? And the best way I can do that is live up to their expectations for what I'm going to do. You know, just trust yourself. You can do it. So I know we touched on several things here, you know, just in terms of your journey and, and your advice to women, but what other parting words of wisdom would you give to women that we may not have covered? You know, so I didn't ask you everything. So is there any other parting words of wisdom that you would offer? I think that I think the biggest thing to me is allow yourself to be happy. And I think so often we get carried away in the day-to-day trials and tribulations and things and our expectations aren't met and things aren't maybe going as well as they would like, whether it's professional or work or whatever, but it is allow yourself to be happy. And I find that every time I focus on what are the good things and what brought me here? And, and I come from a place of happiness rather than a place of maybe fear or judgment. You know, they say there's two emotions in the entire world is love and fear. Mm-hmm. So if I come in from a position of love and happiness, I always do a better job. I'm always a better leader. I'm a better mother, a better wife or partner. I'm better at everything. When I come at something from that, position of love and happiness. And I know so many women who that is their natural state, you know, is to be happy and be loving. And so embrace that, you know, embrace that piece of you that, that is that kind of core love and happiness. And that, that is really profound. Uh, Even though it sounds really simple, it's really profound. It's funny. My husband said to me this morning, he said, 
you need to make sure you're having fun, right? Which is the happiness piece, right? Make sure you're having fun because sometimes we take ourselves going back to that too seriously. Anything else, my wise woman, Shannon? (laughs) Well, thank you for calling me wise. I appreciate it. I I try. (laughs) I try to be try to be wise. No, I don't think so. But thank you so much for inviting me, Janet. This was wonderful. I love the opportunity to, to chat with the with somebody I admire and, and I definitely admire you. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And the feeling is mutual. So thank you. And uh, thank you for sharing your wise advice with us today. Thanks for listening. And always remember this. Every single moment you have a choice in what you say, what you do, and how you make people feel. Pause and make those choices wisely and intentionally because every single moment, those choices are who you become as a leader. See you next time.